0: Hello and welcome to ImpactAbility, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. This is a show that explores the landscape of the nonprofit organization big and small, offers some incredibly helpful information and resources, and gives nonprofits a place to share ideas and get advice. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our show is sponsored by SUCUP Strategic Solutions, offering a wide variety of services to help nonprofits maximize their impact. So let's get into solving the problems that might be plaguing your nonprofit. Having a strong board in place is imperative to the success of any nonprofit. The balance of leadership, community relations, even their public persona can help motivate people to support your nonprofit with their time, talent, and treasures. But how do you recruit board members? How do you train them? And if there's a problem, How do you move on to a new candidate? Well, helping us to sort out this important topic is Jamie Ross. Jamie is the president and CEO of the Florida Housing Coalition. It's a statewide nonprofit providing training and technical assistance on all things affordable housing, from ending homelessness to first-time ownership. She's been the CEO there since January of 2015. Jamie's work includes all forms of legislative and administrative advocacy and education related to the planning and financing of affordable housing. From her office in Tallahassee, Florida, Jamie, welcome to Impactability.
1: Thank you so much, Joe. I'm really happy to be here with you.
0: Let's start with the most basic question. What is the role of a nonprofit board?
1: The board sets the policy for the organization. Basically, it's the direction that the executive director or whatever you call the executive director, like I'm called the CEO in my organization, but I'm the, I'm the executive director.
0: Hmm. How can you build and maintain an effective nonprofit board? And uh, the, the key word there, of course, is effective.
1: Yeah. And it's really important right from the get go, uh, how you recruit board members. And we recommend that you have an application that you use. People want to be on your board. You want to know why. Why do you want to be on the board of this organization? Or maybe it's a nascent organization and you're just starting up. This is what the idea is for this organization, and we're looking to recruit board members. And so you have an application that you use for board members from the very beginning. And you need to know what it is that you need from your board. I'll give you a, for instance, my organization is very mature, but when it first started in the 80s, there was hardly any staff, right? That's how most nonprofits get started. There might be one staff person maybe two. So when the board was built for the Florida Housing Coalition, board members were recruited based on their expertise, because the board basically served as additional staff for the organization. And that might be true for many nonprofits out there, that they're looking for board members who have the expertise to actually help the staff before the organization gets built up and has the money to hire additional people they're basically gonna be like free staff members that aren't getting paid. So that may be what you're looking for as a nonprofit in recruiting board members. You might also be looking at board members who are gonna raise money for the organization very frequently Uh, nonprofits look to their board as fundraisers for the organization. And some people may fill that role, but it's unlikely that every board member would be there because of their ability to raise funds for the organization. Uh, One thing that I think it's important for nonprofits to be cognizant of when you're recruiting board members who you expect to be fundraisers is that you make sure that your organization is going to be a top priority for them. And what I mean by that is you may recruit a board member who's well-heeled or well-connected in your community. And you think, okay, I want this person to be on my board because they're gonna raise money for my organization. So you need to stop and make sure when you're recruiting that board member that they really love your organization. They're going to be a champion for your organization. Find out if you will be their priority because they may be on the board of a half a dozen different nonprofits. And some of those might really be where their passion lies. So it is important to recruit board members who will raise money for the organization. And it's important for you to make sure you're recruiting the right people for that.
0: They really have to be bought in. That's right. Yeah. So how do you find a board member candidate who's willing to really, you know, like get in the trenches with the rest of the nonprofit team?
1: yeah typically, and if you're talking about a local nonprofit, you're probably going to easily identify those people because they're involved in what it is that you're involved with, or you're going to meet them through you know networking and that sort of thing. Pretty much that's the way you know you look for those board members. you're probably not going to be finding someone that you don't know or doesn't know you. And really important for recruiting board members is making sure that you, as an executive director, let's say we're starting out, that you are giving the board members what they need. And that is an orientation and an understanding that when they serve on a board, that they have a fiduciary duty to that board and that they don't have any conflicts of interests. You should also have a fiduciary duty and no conflict document that a prospective board member is going to be able to execute it's serious business when you come on a board. If you find that a board member actually breaches that fiduciary duty, or uh, you would have to terminate that board member.
0: Right. And we're going to get into that topic a little bit later on because that's that can be a touchy subject. So hold that thought. Let me let me ask you this: Is it safe to say that it's all about how much the board member embraces the mission? I mean, is that is that a basic?
1: Yes, I mean you absolutely want to bring on board members who when they talk about your nonprofit they use we. They don't say you, right? So they're part of the team and you really know that w- when people talk about your organization. You got board members who are saying you, well what you do instead of what we do, then that's a good tip off they're not really embracing the mission yeah. of the organization. So yeah, you, you want your board members to be champions for the organization.
0: In other words, not so much I, 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 but we, we, we.
1: Yes. But really, it's the you, you, you more than I. So when you have board members and they say, well, when you do this, talking about the organization, um, when they should be saying, when we do this, talking about the organization.
0: Yeah. We're talking with Jamie Ross all about boards, board members, and some incredible advice so far, and we're just gonna keep plunging into it. When it comes to a good board member, what skills do they need to have when they come to be on your board at your nonprofit?
1: That completely depends upon what skills you need in your nonprofit. Right. If you need them to have expertise to help you as a unpaid staff member, then you're looking for those skills. Most frequently, people like to have a lawyer on their board. They like to have those skills. They like to have someone who's an accountant. Maybe that person could be the treasurer. So you're looking for the skills that you want on your board. I I think sometimes, by the way, people make a mistake on the lawyer part. Lawyers are all specialists and so if it's a real estate lawyer that you need on the board then you should get a real estate lawyer on the board and not a um, criminal lawyer on the board right Mm -hmm. so it is very important to keep in mind that they have the actual expertise that you're looking for
0: yeah great point what are the responsibilities of the executive director to the board and vice versa
1: yeah that's really important in order to have a strong board You need as an executive director, as staff, you have responsibilities to them that are going to enable them to be a strong board. Starting off with the orientation, making sure that you have really well-run board meetings. And when I say well-run, they should have their board packet, the information that they are going to need for their board meeting well in advance. They should never be given their information when they show up to a board meeting and expected to read it there. They should have that well in advance. The agenda should be tight. You should start on time, finish on time. These are volunteers. You need to respect the time that they're giving to you and making sure that you are prepared and organized and treating them as the professionals that they are and making sure that they're well-informed about the organization. If you want them to say we and feel that way, then you as an executive director need to make sure that they are treated that way by um, not finding out about something the organization is doing when they're at the supermarket, that they know what the organization is doing all the time because the executive director is keeping them apprised of what the organization is doing. That's very important.
0: We were talking before the show and you said something that I wanted to make sure we talked about on the show. And I I really liked what you said. And I know as soon as I ask this question, there's going to be so many people who are going to roll their eyes and say, oh, yeah, what is the difference between sitting on a board and serving on a board? Because we hear both so many times.
1: Right, right. That's very true. And that is something that has to do with an effective board, right? So. You don't want people who are just sitting on the board, um, which means that they come to board meetings, but that's about it. They're not really serving the organization. Uh, You really want your board to serve your organization. And again, that gets back to the question you asked me earlier about what the executive director's role is vis-a-vis the board. So you might actually have board members who want to serve the board, but you know they've never been asked. So they just come and they sit on the board. So this also gets back to, if you recruited them for good reason, you probably had an idea that they were going to be of service. So make sure that you are asking them to be of service. Are you involving them on a committee and allowing them to move the mission of the organization forward? in contrast to just sitting on the board, just showing up at meetings. So it really is a two-way street. But if you find that, you know what, I'm really trying to engage this board member, but they're really just not interested. They're really just interested in sitting on the board. That's where it really helps you to have a set of bylaws that speaks to the term of board members and how you can move on and get additional board members. So I recommend that you do have term limits people will say, but oh, I've got this really good board member and I don't want to lose that board member, but they can always come right back onto the board. Also, I would recommend that if board members miss meetings, that you have some mechanism for terminating the board member because they're missing meetings. It's not to say that you're punishing the board member. If they're having issues, it's not the right time for them to serve on the board then they can be off of the board and, again, come right back on when the time is right for them. But the organization can really struggle if you have a board member who isn't able to make meetings and you don't have a mechanism for taking them off the board during that period.
0: We're going to stop here and take a short break. When we come back, our conversation is going to take a very serious turn to a difficult topic. And we alluded to it earlier. We're going to get into it right after this short break. You're listening to ImpactAbility, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm Joe Turner. Stay with us. Sometimes you wish there were more hours in the day. With everything on your plate, it's hard to determine which projects get done today and which gets put off until whenever you can get to it. There is an easier way. SuCub Strategic Solutions has been serving nonprofits like yours for almost 10 years. And in that time, we've handled all kinds of projects, especially the ones you can't seem to get to fundraising, marketing, grant writing, communications, and more. With Sukup Strategic Solutions, you'll have a team of marketers working for you, solving marketing issues sooner, grant writers that have written hundreds of grants, communications experts who can help get your message to your constituents, and certified fundraising executives with the knowledge and expertise to help you raise more money. You'll have more hands on deck, reduce overhead, and increase efficiency. For a free consultation on how we can help lighten the load at your nonprofit, visit our website at soukupstrategicsolutions.com. Solutions.com. That's S-O-U-K-U-P-Strategic Solutions.com. Maximize your impact with Sukup Strategic Solutions. Welcome back to ImpactAbility, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Turner. We're speaking with our guest, Jamie Ross, about building a strong board, something we all want for our nonprofits. Now, Jamie, we're up to the uncomfortable question that I alluded to a moment ago. It's not always a match made in heaven. So how does a nonprofit, for lack of a better term, get rid of a board member?
1: If an organization is finding that it's having a problem in this regard, the person isn't breaching their fiduciary duty or they haven't had a conflict of interest. It's really just that they're sitting and not serving. Probably the board chair is going to know that just as well as the executive director, maybe even more, and would probably just call for the bylaws committee, uh, an ad hoc committee to work on bringing recommendations back to the board for amending the bylaws to address term limits, required number of meetings not you know not to be missed in a row, that kind of thing. Um, so it really is just a matter of amending your bylaws. It shouldn't really be very difficult.
0: So it's probably a good idea to set the rules first so that anyone coming to the board knows exactly what they're in for and what is expected of them.
1: I think you're exactly right. It's best to do that upfront. But if you haven't, it's not that difficult to amend your bylaws. But it, it really is, as you say, doing the, all that stuff, having that stuff in place up front would be the best practice for sure.
0: So now I've found the perfect board member and we're excited about having her on our board. Is there specific training for board members?
1: Absolutely. First of all, of course, you want to do your own orientation to your organization. That would be the history of the organization, why you're doing what you're doing, what the need is, what your plans are. So, you definitely want to have an orientation for your board members, especially, you know, when and when you're starting out. But, yes, there are trainings for board members. And I know why it's also a good idea is because folks tend to listen more to experts from out of town than they do, let's say, to the people in their own organization. So, it might be that you have an executive director that could do the board training really well. By herself or himself. But when you bring an expert in somebody, you know, not from the organization to do that board training, it tends to be uh, well received or, you know, received better than if it's coming from the executive director herself.
0: This has been some outstanding information. I, I cannot thank you enough for being with us today. I, I have to ask, you know, you've been on the board of the Florida Housing Coalition for a long time. What, what is it about being on a board for you and, and why have you done it for so long?
1: I love this organization. I love being a part of building the capacity for the Florida Housing Coalition. And it really gets back to what you asked earlier about the passion for the mission of the organization. My day job was with 1,000 Friends of Florida. I loved my work. My passion was for the Florida Housing Coalition.
0: Let's put it this way, it is obvious, because I mean, this has been some excellent information. And on top of that, I just like that you definitely are speaking from a knowledge base, but also it's obvious that you're speaking from the heart as well, because you care about your nonprofit. You've poured so much of your sweat equity into it And I like that you're encouraging our listeners to work with their boards more and really get everybody on the same page and on the same team and really just do what they can for their nonprofit. Yep. That's what it's all about. Hey, Jamie, thank you again so much for being our guest here on ImpactAbility. We're definitely going to call you back because there's a lot more that we didn't have a chance to discuss today. Extremely helpful conversation. Hopefully, our listeners are going to be able to improve their board with some of the information you've shared with us today. So Jamie, thank you so much for your time and continued best of luck in your position there at the Florida Housing Coalition.
1: Thank you, Joe. It's been my absolute pleasure.
0: Excellent. Time now for Coach's Corner. This is where we take your questions and we ask them of one of our impact coaches and they'll give you the best answers they have, but the only catch is they have five minutes or less to do it in. So. If the five-minute bell sounds, you got to stop. And I'm talking to Cheryl Sukup right now. She's the president of Sukup Strategic Solutions. She is our coach today. And Cheryl, this one, I know you have probably heard this question a million times. So good luck with this. You only get five minutes, remember. Now, the question is, I know we need to recruit new board members, but how do I go about finding the right board members? Now, Cheryl, you've got five minutes to answer the question, and your five minutes starts right now.
2: Uh, Thanks for the question, and you make this seem like a game show, so it's kind of fun. (laughs) So I'm up to the challenge, Um, board member recruitment. One of the things I hear so much is that people say to me, we need a fundraiser on the board. We're going to recruit a fundraiser. And I challenge you to think about this. Fundraisers are not born, they are made. There are many people who come to boards who have never fundraised before, yet they become wonderful, effective, amazing fundraisers. There's a few key things that you're looking for. Number one, you want to match that board member and their ability to give themselves either personally or through their business to kind of the size of your needs. So you don't want to recruit board members who can give $100 a year when really what you need is somebody that can make a gift of $10,000 a year. If you want all your board members to make a gift, either personally or through their own business, $10,000 a year, that's the capacity that you're looking for in a board member. Likewise, you're going to want board members who are willing to leverage their own contacts within their Their social and professional networks on behalf of your organization. You want board members who are going to go out into the community and talk about your organization, advocate for your organization, and interest people in giving to your organization. So you want to look for board members who are going to do that for you. So it's important to have discussions with them about the need or requirement for being a part of fundraising and determine whether or not they're willing to do that before you ask them to join the board. One of the most important things is Do the board members that you're considering share your values and you can determine that by sharing the values of your organization with them and ask them to talk a little bit about how those values resonate with them and why. I think another thing to consider in board member recruitment is diversification of your board. This is a best practice within boards. And a lot of people struggle with this and say, well, how can I diversify my board? It's really hard to find board members at different ages and of different race and ethnicities. You really want to, to think about diversification in many different aspects. You want them to all be the same in terms of the sharing the values that your organization has. But then after that, You really want a diverse set of board members. And so how do you know who you have and what you need? One really great tool that you can use is a board matrix, looking at all of the different characteristics of board members from their demographics, where they live, how old they are, what age range they're in, their socioeconomic status, such as an income range or whatnot, thinking about skills and knowledge that they have. And so you can learn a lot of these things even down to whether or not they feel that they have access to gifts of certain sizes or access to volunteers and influence over recruitment of volunteers. All of these things could be learned from a board member questionnaire. And so you can ask your board members in in a questionnaire to learn what you do have. And then you want to be recruiting specifically for gaps. So how do you know what you really need? Well, some of that comes from strategic planning and some of it is just Qualifications that every board needs. So, every board really needs to have expertise in reading financial statements and performing the fiduciary duties of a board of directors. So, you really need to have people who have that expertise no matter what. So, that's just one example of many. You really need policies and procedures for recruitment of board members. And then, following that, also nomination and election of board members. If it's not really specifically defined, In your bylaws, it's really important to have a policy and some procedures that guide this process. What I've often seen happen is that people are so quick to add somebody to the board that their election gets pushed right through. and, And some board members wonder, how did this person even get on the board? So it's really important to have a very specific process outline that everyone understands. So that's it, Joe. those That's a quick down and dirty. And there's more information on the ImpactAbility website at impactability.net.
0: And Cheryl, my alarm just went off. You got it just under the gun. So congratulations.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Joe. You make it hard to get it all in within five minutes on such a topic that is so important to nonprofits. But it's, it's a fun way to do this. Thank you.
0: If you've got a question for Coaches Corner, we want to hear from you. Email them to us at impactcoaches.com at impactability.net. Again, that's impact coaches. At impactability.net. And if you want to reach me, my email address is joe.turner at impactability.net. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app. And that way you'll get new episodes downloaded just as soon as they come out. Also, please give us a review or a rating so that your peers in the nonprofit industry can find us as well. I'm Joe Turner. Thanks for listening. And thank you for all you do to make the world a better place through your nonprofit.